life example is something I don't understand. Can you explain to me what you mean? Uh, give me a scenario. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, you know, so then the person gives the analogy, the the story and everything. Then people are like, ha, huh, I'm enlightened. Yeah. Oh, uh, oh okay. I, I just enlightened. You know? uh, there you go. The rest is like you must always have a certain amount of nervousness because I think when you have a bit of nervousness, it means you care. Right. Mm. I have never met or worked with any successful individual, any successful CEO that is not an excellent communicator. Always understand it's not about you. Mm. I think when you take the focus off yourself and think about what you're trying to do and your focus is on making an impact on others, yeah. Yeah. then you get the attention of yourself. Then you really are then focused on what you're trying to say. It was a prayer to God, right? I want to come out of this situation, God, better, not bitter. And I don't know what better means. I really didn't know what better looked like. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Living in Control podcast. I'm your host, Reza Abraham. I'm the author, co-founder of the In Control Group, an organization with a mission to help others to be in control of their lives and career. We imagine a world in which most people are in control of their lives, a conscious life accompanied by conversion, contentment, and consistency. In today's podcast, we are going to talk about another pillar in living an in-control life called communication, which is your ability to make everything so simple so that everybody can understand. Today on our podcast, we have invited someone who is one of the prides of Malaysia, award-winning broadcast and communication veteran, host and a presenter of a number of radio and TV channels. She has conducted over 5,000 interviews, guys with prominent names such as Wikileaks founder Julian Assange uh, and uh, is a highly sought after uh, moderator for corporate events, a speaker for women's empowerment and personal branding, a trainer and a coach. And if it's not enough, guys, she has authored six books. Oh my God, six books. Her last book is Life's a Stage, describes how each phase in life is an opportunity to live full and beautiful while staying true to oneself rock it while you are on that stage it's an honor to welcome our guest from the beautiful city of kuala lumpur malaysia freda liu hi reza hi thank you so much for being with us it's such an honor to have you on board you know it's, it's such a pleasure to be speaking to you too thank you thank you you know you know some people's when you look at their resume and the list of the accomplishments that they have and then you are like you know what are you doing achieving so much you're making other people's resume look bad you know <laughs> that's because i've lived a longer life than you reza <laughs> you know auntie has been around for a long time oh my god <laughs> Oh my God. I, I mean, I mean, putting joke aside, I was truly amazed with the work you have done. And I know about your work, of course, in Malaysia for a long time. I've been listening to your, to your works in BFM and all. And it was, it was amazing. I mean, I was just like, keep going through page after page, accomplishment after accomplishment. And it was, it's, it's really, it's, it's really nice, you know? So this, this is the type of like, you, you are someone that I personally can describe it as you are living an in-control life, yeah? And uh, it's, uh, it's, it's just amazing looking at like six books and so on. So let's, let's just start the talk by like, what, what drives you to go out, do 
all this work and knock it down? You know, you, you have done so much. What, what drives Thread Up? Okay. All right. I, I was just thinking about this the other day and I actually wrote it about it, about it in my book as well. Uh, this would have been, uh, this year will be 30 years since my dad passed away. Uh, so he died uh, two months short of his 60th birthday. He was a great father, a wonderful husband. And it was knowing after, I'm the youngest child, after I graduated, a month after that, he fell ill. Mm. A couple of months after that, he passed away and I you know he is he's done all his duty as a father and you know I guess my mother definitely missed him because she was very still fairly young when my dad passed away right and I always wonder whether he died with the music in him right mm. um I have an uncle which I've never met who also passed away before uh, he died very very young before I was born I, imagine my, my parents uh, my father my parents are from Sarawak my father was from the small town in in Sarawak right and he and so this uncle imagine this small town in Sarawak back in the 50s or 60s got on a boat to New York to be a musician, right? This is, you know, this is quite radical, right? You yes, know, yes, this, yes. you know, at that time, right? And he yes. got on a boat to be, you know, to be a musician, to be, to be in a band in New York, right? And I always, and my dad's a very talented musician, right? But, you know, like he can pick up music and all. And I just went, did he die with the music in him? Mm. And I think that's the thing that always triggers me, whether he, and, and so also like my regret is like, I never got to, you know, uh, to spoil him mm. after I started working with all the things that you see that I've done, he's never seen it. Right. And, and, you know, oh, geez, I'm talking about it. I'm going to cry. Oh um, okay. So, but it's like, then I, then I look back at my own life. Right. And I think mm. you sort of find what is your purpose and you find that along the way. Yep. And I know that, uh, okay. The, on the broad scale, you want to impact lives, right? Sure. And you find out what is it that you are naturally gifted in. And sometimes a lot of it is you just, actually what you are good at young is a clue, mm. right? To what, what you should be doing. And you try to fight it and say, no, you can't get a job here. You can't do these sort of things here. But you realize that this is a thing. And, I, and when I do my work, whether it's writing the book or going on radio, um, and even if it's a business story, right? And a business person heard that interview and made an impact the way they run their business, mm. I've impacted that person's life, right? Sure. I don't think about the thousands of people, but if I've impacted one person's life, through the, the the things that I've done, then I have done my part, right? And I don't want to die with the music in me. And I have to, have to start with I have to start with death. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. That's that's inspiring. In fact, uh, the way I always define it, the word driver is in exactly the same way. I always tell people, I personally, I don't believe in motivation. I think motivation is like completely overrated. It's not really. It's like taking a shower. You take a shower in the morning. You take a shower in the evening, and that's about it. But how we often ask people to find what's your your driver is to ask yourself, what is the one thing or one person that you are not willing to sacrifice it for anything else in this world? That's your driver. So it's it's amazing to, to know like your driver is basically making an impact and the inspiration that, that your father has in, in you. So you are trying to basically just pay it forward and making sure that you can be an impact. And it doesn't matter how many people you do that. All right. So uh, whether one person get impacted or many people, it's, it's always like, you know, that's not something we are in control. We are doing right. something that we can do to drive mm. other people to do the best as well. So, Freda, when was the time that you realized communication is your calling in life? Like, what age was it? Was it like you're born, suddenly you started to do every all these things? <laughs> okay. <laughs> 
there are so many aspects of the story. So when I was young, I loved taking part in drama. I loved doing debates. I I realized that I do like it, right? Mm-hmm. And you don't mm-hmm. and you don't think much about it, right? Then mm-hmm. when I when I started um, studying, I did a, a business degree in marketing, and when I in the degree course, I did one subject in public relations, and I absolutely love it. And I remember coming back to Kuala Lumpur after I finished my studies. It was a choice of advertising or PR, so it's kind of still communication kind of thing. And I decided to do PR because I love writing the press release. I love you know whether writing the speech, coming up with a plan, uh, executing on the plan. That was mm. the reason that I got into PR. So that was a kind of communication. How I got into radio and TV was completely by accident. It was not a childhood dream. It was nothing like that. If you want to hear the story, I can tell you, but it was by accident. And it and you, sometimes you try to fight it uh, and yet the, the offers and the opportunities still came in that way. And I can say like, I do love all kinds of communications, not just radio, mm. not just TV, but yep. writing and all all of it and I find okay so that's the thing and I always tell people you'll find the clue when you're young so when I look at my son right I always encourage he was he loves drawing right mm. even from a child you just put a piece of paper take him to a restaurant quiet like a mouse piece of paper on him and he likes drawing and I said this is this is the talent mm. that you have it's something mm. that is so natural for you but you got to work at it you got to improve oh, yeah. on it but this is the thing that I see in you you know this one cannot be dentist doctor lawyer kind of thing you know like you, you don't don't try to fight what is a natural natural gift for you um, and of course it comes in so many ways right now when we talk about communication like sure. you go your podcast la, you know that kind of thing there's so many ways around it but you sort of identify certain things and, and of course even growing up right in a typical Asian family you try to do the more I know I couldn't be an accountant I, I don't enjoy <laughs> law I, I I knew I could so it's still a, a respectable business degree but I I know that I like the whole marketing advertising kind of scene right mm. um, which is a kind of communication sure Freda are you familiar with the work of uh, Carol Dweck. Yes, I love mindset. her book. Yes, All of course. Right. Yes, because yes. I saw that you have a book also about the fixed mindset, right? Yes. So just, just to explain to our audience here, what's the difference between fixed mindset and growth mindset? Fixed mindset always believe that intelligence is something which is very much inborn, right? Mm. So either you have it or you don't have it. You can't do anything about it. But growth mindset people are those that they believe intelligence is something can be developed. It means yes. that if you are not able to do something right now, it's just not yet. So the questions that I have for you is, is that do you think communication it's a type of like fixed mindset or it's a growth mindset it, like can we develop communication skills like some people they just say like oh god i'm not good at communication do you think okay. it's something that they can develop of course at the moment you say of course i cannot do it then that's the fixed mindset mm. you know you put a stop right yeah. even like whatever i do right now you always stop and ask this question how can i be better sure. right it, it, you never arrive right so even when i do my radio i do everything that i do you after everything that i do i always ask how can I be better? Very right? Good. Because because you're always going to be better. You never, you know, have reached perfection. You know, it's always going to be. So, and I think that's important, right? So what happens also, I just shared as, as a parent, I don't know if you're a parent, as a parent, um, even if you have a child that's really good, you say, great job, even though the child has done really well, but you also say, and stop and ask, hey, do you think you could have done better? Mm. So the kid doesn't think that I have reached the, you know, the, the ultimate level. And then they're yep. afraid to make mistakes when they grow older if you don't ask a question because they, they've always been number one then they don't know what to how to react when they're not number one so when you have you implant that in your child how can I be better they know that 
I can always be better, mm. right? And that lifts your mind, it opens your mind uh, that you can always improve. Sure. So what what uh, what would be the, let's say, for example, okay, the, this, this is something amazing about you because uh, you have done like too much, you know, <laughs> when it comes to uh, like communication. You know, when I was, when I was looking at your work, you know, uh, so you have been a broadcaster, you have been a podcaster, <laughs> you have been a moderator, you have been a trainer, you have been a coach, you have been a writer, you have been a what? MC, presenter a journalist god you know is that these are not the same communication things they are yes. totally different they're not the right. same yeah right. and and when i was listening to some of the works that you have done you also write your script yourself yeah. right if if somebody looking at freda and thinking like i want to be someone like freda but i don't know where to start and what you have done is like all range of communication so how someone can pick a path in that communication industry right okay so i'm just currently reading a book called Everything is Figureoutable. Mm. Okay. That's from and who? This is Maria Polio. Okay? okay. Maria okay. Polio. Okay. okay. So just it, you with a book title like that, you know. So the, and that's the thing, right? In, when I was in my early part of my career, there was no such thing called the internet. Mm, yeah. Now there is an internet. There is no excuse <laughs> to learning something, mm. right? There is no excuse. You want to figure out something, you can go online and figure out something and work and improve it. And I have also tried things that I think, mm, not I, I don't think I naturally am good at this, but I'm glad I tried it. Mm, mm. And then so I move on and try something else, right? And something will stick and something won't stick. But it's okay. It's not in the world. You're not going to die, right? That's my rule of thumb. Did I die? Did I bleed? No, it's okay, right? Just try it. Sure. You know, it's, it's just the only thing that's bruised is probably your ego. Right? Mm. <laughs> yeah, ego is the enemy. Right? So it's okay. So, and you say that I want to improve, watch videos, watch, you know, there's so many places to learn how to be a good journalist. Do a search. But, but how, how do you find out like, which one do I need to pick? Oh, okay. Um, so for me, um, I think I just experimented, you know, I think you just experiment, just experiment and see if I'm so some people maybe naturally don't like to write. Okay. Mm. Am I a Nobel laureate writer? Literally? I don't think so. Right? right. And it's fine because my, I'm not writing novels. I'm writing, you know, a, a nonfiction stuff. Right. But I just write simply to communicate and that's mm. my objective. Right. So um, if, if I want to, I can learn. Right. If I want to, but I don't have an interest. Yep. Not at this point in my life, but I'm not saying no. Uh, so everything, you, so you just try it out. So one of the things that I did uh, last uh, in the last two years was I, I did a postgrad diploma in de design thinking. Mm. And what intrigued me to do design thinking was like, you know, the whole concept of design thinking is yep. that you come up with a product. Does, it's called a minimal viable product, right? Doesn't yes. work. It's a prototype. I will try another one. So why can't you treat your life like a prototype? Doesn't work. Let me try another, you know, let me try another prototype. Let me try another product. Let me see what, what sticks, right? So sure. it's not, the end of the world to try new things you know and I, like like i said on my deathbed i'll regret people will mm. regret not trying things as opposed yep. to trying something and fail so which one do you think comes first like let's say somebody said that okay i like journaling i like broadcasting i like being a trainer i like to write the book <laughs> which one do you think should come first like based on your practice okay my on my practice right from my my see even the whole thing of how i got to pr and then journalism most people would have gone to journalism first and then gone into pr right a lot of conventionally right yep. because they learn the writing skills and then they go into pr 
are and they work, I don't know, things have changed my time. Then you want to work for the client side, work for a multinational corporation, the kind of thing, a stable job, a good income. That's how people conventionally do it. I, I did it the other way around. Um, and and it was, the reasons I started in PR was because, you know, I would do, you know, I would get that stable income and that was the thing. But I the, the part-time job was uh, radio and TV. So that was the thing that I did part-time, right? Mm. Before I joined BFM and I merged both my, my skills in corporate and broadcasting together because it's sure. a business station, right? But who knew that when I did all this, that there would be a station called BFM? You know, when mm. I did all these things. Yeah, yeah. You, it, it was a started like a startup, right? Yes, yeah. So 13 years ago, that was a startup. But, you know, so um, I think how do you, okay, so conventionally what people will do is they will start with, with journalism first and then they will go and go maybe, a PR if they're interested, then maybe you can try broadcasting. So now, my again, my time, like most people work for a newspaper. So these things don't, you know, pretty much don't exist anymore. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So you have this thing called a platform, whether you, you can write on LinkedIn, you can write a blog, you can start presenting yourself out mm. there. You can, you just can start, get immediate yeah. feedback. You can exactly. get immediate feedback. Yeah. It's called YouTube. It's called TikTok. There's all sure. these platforms that you can start experimenting with and seeing what's possible out there, right? So yeah, you know, there's so, so many ways of, I wouldn't say reinventing, but it adding on to your skills, sure. right? And see what interests you. Multi-skilling um, yourself. Mul yeah, yeah. 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 I mean, I mean, you are you are one of the great examples of like someone who is multi-skilled person. Because uh, you know, you know, some people they just know how to write. Some people they just know how to talk. You know, I I have I have listened to like thousands of authors, you know, and uh, some of them they are excellent writers. But when you listen to their interview and all, you kind of like, man, you better start writing. You don't you don't talk much, right? And there are some people when you read, it doesn't attract to but when you listen to the person you say like oh my god he's right. such a talented right. presenter like so which one is your first love which my which first... one like like when you go okay. i mean love, love we are talking about job love okay 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 <laughs> yeah. my first my first love i would say my first love is actually radio radio yes hmm, I, I, I i love the power of the voice of getting that message across without the help of visuals if you can master that hmm. visuals are you know add-ons right so yeah. i i love that because also my my growing up years I remember uh, I lived in a very small town in Brunei that was where I was growing up and it was still a British protectorate at the time and there's this little radio station which you, mm. I can only get in the town not even the capital city called yep. the British British Forces Broadcasting Station so this was the soldier station and I was listening to the way they talk and that was my entertainment right and I was like wow, wow that's so it's just so mesmerizing how something like that and, and radio is very different from TV radio is like it's, it's like a friend mm. you know you feel like you're listening to a friend when they're talking when you listen Yep. to podcast yep. it feels like you're you know a friend is listening in on a conversation or something sure. so i love that and i love when i do radio that i am you know getting information from someone and listening to someone so i think that if you have mastered the ability to speak by just voice alone mm. everything else is a piece of cake yeah i i i recall i was listening to one of your interview or was it like in bfm you were you you mentioned like talking radio is a magic yes. it's like you're doing a magic because People can't see you, but you trigger the imagination to think and feel how you feel. That was a very interesting way to describe it. Yeah. And so that small village of listening to that radio is planted the seeds of yes. uh, falling yes. in love with radio. So uh, so if, if I want to ask you, somebody come and say, okay, Freda, we need to sign this agreement for the rest of your life. You can do only one type of communication. What do you <laughs> do? You're putting a gun to my head. How horrible, Reza. <laughs> um, okay, I have to say, I have, moving on, I have to say video. 
right? I have to say video, video because that video, right, would have both. Okay, you can still get the story across and it doesn't have to be fancy lights, fancy, you know, background or whatever. But mm. there's some, I mean, as much as I love radio, right? I mean, that's going to be, that will be more all-encompassing that you can see visual and audio. And, you know, there's something when we're talking right now, when you can see my face, I can see your face. It's different, right? Yes, It's yes. different. Of course, like I say, it's the skill when you're able to do that just on radio alone, but it's different. Now you see, you, you know, if you just hear my voice, you think I'm going to be very fierce, but you can see that I'm talking to you right now and I'm smiling, right? Sure. So, so yeah, that's, that's that so would, do, be. would you would you recommend uh, your skill set like communication uh, mm. to to your to your son? Would you do that? Yes, of course, right. Mm. But I he has no he you know children. I'm sure you like that. They never want to listen to anything your mother says. Maybe but when they, he's old, they will they will they are watching you. You know, I I have two is. sons too, and uh-huh. uh, I like sometimes when I, people ask me like, so how did you get to where you are? Like, mm. be it trainer, speaker, and all those stuff. And uh, you know what's very funny is that my mom was a teacher. My uh-huh. dad was a banker. Mm. And you know what I'm doing right now? Like 90% of the clients that I'm dealing with all are banks. <laughs> I teach leadership training in banks. Right, <laughs> right. See? So I just like fall right in between of my parents. So your so parents I, are very proud. The son also will not fall very far from you. At some point, he might exactly. say like, I want to become the next friend of you, you know? So like, would you, would you, would you, would you ask her, ask him to do that? I, I will, I will, whatever. So I am of the belief that you, you must, Mm-hmm. Um, to you know whatever your love is right mm-hmm. whatever you I will encourage him because I think I had that encouragement from my parents right where they encouraged me in whatever I did uh, they let me decide you know mm-hmm. uh, they're not as educated right so they couldn't guide me on what to do yeah. but they've always encouraged whatever I've decided to do so I'm very fortunate in a sense and I want to do that for my son as well but if it comes to me mom said how can I you know improve my brand how can I do all these things of course you know then this is the way to go right but but he has to chart his own path I cannot be the helicopter mom <laughs> oh yeah, and, and 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 just now that you met, we were mentioning this, uh, it was like you know I I have met people who are like really professional in certain area, meaning that let's say for example they are like accountants, they are like lawyers, doctors, and all those stuff, right? And even I tell them like, do you teach your stuff to your children? They said no. I'm like, why? They say no. I I want them to find it by their own. I um, want them to basically to figure it out themselves, making mistakes and uh, learn. This is how I learn. But I completely disagree with that, Freda. Mm. You know why? Because mm. I believe that our children are going to have a lot of challenges that we are not experiencing it right now. So if right. we allow our kids to learn everything on their own, right. guess what? They will—they are not even starting from where we are. I want my children to be a cut above me. I don't want him right. to start like far under where I started. So I teach everything. Communication also is like something that frankly speaking, I have never met or worked with any successful individual, any successful CEO that is not an expert excellent communicator. It's like, a, I would say it's the spine of all the skill sets yeah, mm. that you mm. all need to have. Otherwise you can't connect mm. with other people. So mm. we, we, we spoke about like the sharing this, this journey with your children as well. So you mentioned that this is, this is an awesome things and you will definitely do that, but you leave it to your child to make yeah. decisions to do that. Right. So when it comes to communication, what is 
difficult communication to you. Oh. Like, I, okay, let me give you an example. Okay. I, I okay. give you an example so that right. you will know like where am I going? Because that's, that's also a very tricky topic. Right. Like for me, if I'm talking to a group of people and they are not very supportive, like you say something yeah. and then they're all like looking at you like yes. a one kind, that's considered difficult. Or you're doing an interview with someone and right. you start to realize like, hmm, actually this person is not as good as I thought. Right. right. That okay. could be, I mean, it depends on what, yeah, so yeah. what, what, are, what is your difficult communication? I think like, for example, uh, for me, if you talk about interviews and all that, like say this with one person, of course, uh, you've, I've also learned NLP, right? Rapport building, right? So you, before the interview comes on, you try to get to know the person, warm them up, you know, so you try to win them on their side, but I know that crowd thing and like, how am I going to get you on my side? Right. <laughs> And I guess the 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 for me the 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 trick would be to uh, find two or three people you can connect with. They always say, you know, look at two or three smiling faces, and you yourself is smiling, right? Because when you smile, you know, some people will smile back mirror. at you and, and mirror that, right? So you just calm down in that sense. But I think like difficult conversations uh, in the work scenario. Mm. I, I I still, you know, like there's somebody I don't like, uh, somebody uh, a client you don't really like. That is still difficult. Right. I, I, I still find that challenging. I think that's a very difficult communication uh, in that sense. Right. Even when I was working in IBM and I had a, uh, and it was a regional office and I had to deal with people from India, from Thailand, you know, mm. so Indonesia, so where their language is not very, you know, uh, that was to me easier. Yeah. Right. Then, then because what happens is I then learn to speak slowly. Right. This is life before videos, learn to speak slowly. And then you end off the conversation with an email with simple bullet points to summarize what we just talked about. I mean, even that is easier, but I think that confrontational conversation is very difficult for me, right? Sure. Without, um, so, but I'll, I'll tell you as much as possible, what I do is I usually wait for myself to calm down, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. right? Before I calm down. And How do you do that? Uh, you know, you wait for two or three days if you have to, right? Or you can write that, you know, you can write that nasty note mm. on draft. Oh, you're talking <laughs> about that pause thing, uh, yeah, right? The pause, pause thing, that you're yeah, giving. Yeah, okay, you okay. Know, like, or write something on, you know, like, you know, a lot of journaling or whatever your mode scream into a pillow, what have you, right? And write it on draft, make sure you don't put two and then actually sent, okay? Uh, don't put any names there. So when you write it, and then after that, you know, try to have a conversation about the situation and, have, and say, look, our objective is this, right? Mm. So, and then, you know, um, and that's what I'm trying to do. So at the end of the day, I think we can agree that, can we agree that our objective is this? Mm. And so let us work together to achieve this, right? Uh, and I'm telling you, this is still, it's still, it's still difficult. Um, sure. Yeah. That's called crucial conversation. We call it as like, you know, any conversation that it might end up like verbally yes. violence or yes. silence, you know, right? Do you still get nervous, Freda? Uh, yes, I do. Of course, which I still one? Get... Which, which uh, one will make you nervous more? Radio, I... TV, MC, trainer, coach? <laughs> Okay, so I think for me, it would be training. Training because like you're trying to impart your knowledge, mm. right? You're trying to, and then you want to make sure that they also is experiential learning and all that. So you're just trying to, I think, you know, so you, the, the, the burden is like, I hope I'm able to share it now. Right? I'm hoping I'm able to facilitate the session well enough so that everybody goes out there having learned something. I think so that's mm. that's more it. But uh, the rest is like you must always have a certain amount of nervousness because I think when you have a bit of nervousness, it means you care, right? Mm. It means that you care because you're like, mm, that means it's like, mm, doesn't matter. It doesn't worry me anymore, right? Then you get cocky and then you dance when you start making mistakes. Oh, yeah. Right. So you always have to have a certain amount of nervousness because, you know, that puts you on alert, right? Yeah. 
that butterfly effect mm-hmm. there, right? Mm-hmm. So what, what, what do you do to calm yourself down? Especially like, you know, when you're talking to a group of people that you don't know them and they're not like friendly and you don't see any two people there smiling at you. Right. So <laughs> you just smile. You know, I think you, you, for me, you just smile. And then you, uh, I find that uh, humor mm-hmm. always calms, calms people down. And sometimes the self-deprecating humor, laughing yourself, right? Mm. And people will laugh, you know, because don't make fun of people, make fun of yourself. And I think that's sort of, and the moment people laugh or smile, you know, that everybody sort of like, I think that's where you get to a certain kind of rapport. So I find that humor helps. You don't have to be a comedian, but just some, some, something self-deprecating, something uh, that would just get them on your side, right? I find that is a good way to it. And, you know, that's, that's who I am as well. I'm not perfect. I hope, you know, even... I think like everything that I do, I'm also learning from the person that I I, I speak to, right? I'm talking yep. to you right now as I'm listening to you. I'm learning something as well, right? So that's the, the attitude. That's the spirit of, of things, yeah. Sure, sure, yeah. So uh, the the way the way you manage your nervousness is often you're using like humor. That's the like smiling at people that will help you, you know. And uh, well, uh, okay. So the one side of it is like you know some people they say like, well, I don't have a sense of humor, you know. And then uh, like I wish I was. I would tell a joke, nobody laugh, right? So I'm just gonna make fun of myself. So maybe this is this this is not mm. for me. Knowing your audience will help, right? So yes. what do you do to to get to know your audience generally? Okay, so I guess like before you go into any session, mm. uh, you do talk to the organizer, right? So you talk to the organizer about who who are the people attending, how old are they usually? You think they're more males, more females? Where do you think? You know, what I mean, so try to get as much information as possible about the people that are attending. Of course, you're not gonna get the the you know all of it, but um, so you try to connect with them at that level, right? So when I speak to people who are millennials, it'd be different. Someone who's in their thirties in the 40s and the life stage they're at right mm-hmm. so you also then connect with them on that level because I've gone through more life stages than a lot you know a few more people sure. so I try to connect with them when I was in my 20s when I was yeah. in my 30s right so try to know your audience as much as possible and I think this is one thing right always understand it's not about you I think when you take the focus off yourself and think about what you're trying to do and your focus is on making an impact on others yeah. Yeah. then you get the attention of yourself then you really are then focused on what you're trying to say right or what you're trying to share because I've stopped being concerned about me the the goal then is that I will be able to help someone else right I mean so so many things right when you start going on tv for example and you think oh I wonder how I look then it's all about you right if you're just like whatever I think I've done the best that I can this is the place I'm born with now what am I here to do right (laughs) what am I here to do yep 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 I think, I think that, that is exactly what we also mentioned about the whole concept of in control. So we need to take responsibility for the things that we can control. Mm-hmm. We don't need to apologize for something that we can't control, right? One thing that, you know, I, I always like look at it, like I'm sure you're also looking at like all these news channels and uh, the, the stuff that you are putting out. And especially for, you see, when we conduct training uh, or when we go, for example, or MC something, uh, you can actually say a wrong thing and yeah. nothing may happen because people are not recording you 24 7 right but when you go on tv and radio the preparation become very important yeah mm. and uh when i was listening to you that you say like you know i like usually to write my own script mm. how do you get prepared you know for for right. someone like and i i was very curious you know like so people who are talking on the radio 
especially mm-hmm. nowadays with a lot of like fake news and all those stuff, yeah. right? How, how do you QC the, the information? Like where do you get your first-hand information? Right, right. Of course, you know, you actually still rely on uh, uh, re- reputable uh, news uh, companies. Like, you know, maybe sometimes we'll get something from The Guardian or New York Times or Reuters or whatever. So you, as much as possible, still go to the respectable ones, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, in, in my show, we talk about a lot about entrepreneurs. So we go to Fast Company. Uh, we go and look at all this kind of magazines that are a bit more reputable, right? So we use that as a, a basis. And then, um, and then of course, you quote, now, I got this from so-and-so, so-and-so, right? So it's not, you know, coming out from my behind, right? So you, you also quote where your sources are from. And then, of course, you, you as much as possible in the early days, you write everything down. And it's sort of now, you sort of get it. You get little bullets and pointers and all that. But you get your information from, from reliable sources, compile it, and then develop a story out of that. Right, so that's that's how you do it. Yeah. So, uh, like, like for example, when you are having a show in a day, when mm. do you guys start preparing all these things? Okay, so I'll talk about my show, right? Of course, I'll I'll give you two examples. So the morning show, which is not what I do, but the morning show has like, what's the stock market yesterday? Da, 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 right. So those guys have it tough. They're probably mm. asleep at 8 a.m., 8 p.m., and wake up at 3 a.m., right? Mm. Uh, and and to, to prepare for what's the latest. They would have had some sort of uh, background information already, but then they're still sort of updating. So they've got it tough. My show starts at 10, so it's okay. Oh, but nice. we do we do have, uh, so there's some stories that are not so like, ah, it's time sensitive. So we have, like, when we talk to entrepreneurs, it's not so time sensitive, so that can be recorded. I would like to go in and record uh, or, or do live shows on the day itself, but I would prepare a week in advance. Mm. Uh, then there's a show that's happening at 12 o'clock, right? And that's live. So that one, we will also get our contacts maybe, uh, still also like a week about a week before, right? Try to book people's time, that sort of thing. Um, so that's what we do. Um, so it's like anything from a day, sometimes it's something that's so current, right? Some uh, tr- tour, you know, COVID has announced that, you know, some kind of measures. So sometimes it's very, very current, but most of the time we can sort of, work it out you know three three days at the at the at the least notice to mm. to a week yeah so how much how much reporting has changed since like last time and nowadays because now like you know the, i think the flow of the information is like way faster right. compared to the past right. right how much how much has it changed okay so again like it depends on um of course the news is always current obviously but again it depends on what kind of for example let me just see something that okay uh for example uh uh next week is world uh you know like the one week is world ip day right mm-hmm. and world ip day then we know that the people are uh we then we start con- uh, uh, calling intellectual property lawyers and that kind of get that information, right? So we know on that day is World IP Day, but we can speak to the people before. So that's kind of current, uh, but we know certain, you know, and World IP Day is important information for entrepreneurs. So you kind of prepare that way and, you know, make something that is a current, but yet it's not so time sensitive. But yeah, this today is World IP Day. We need to prepare for it, but you you sort of know, right? But there's some things like travel, right? Mm. Now the, the things are changing so often, right? Then you look at an expert who covers travel and then maybe you get the person coming on once a month and say, so what's happened last month? What's happening? What do you think will be happening this month? It's 
current news, but it's not so time sensitive. That sure. Yeah. yeah. You know, one thing that I've, I've noticed that even while we are having this conversation, the language that you use and the way that you speak is pretty simple. Mm-hmm. I think that that's, that's one of the things that make you also to become a great communicator. I mean, yeah. the way that even I personally define communication is the art of making everything simple so that everybody yes. can understand. How do you deal with some people that like, you're, you're talking to lawyers, you're talking to all these like you know, yeah. IP yeah. people and they're using like all sort of like jargon. jargon. bombastic word complex sentences so how do you make your show much more simple you know i mean i think i think one thing that i you use this uh this this term you said educate entertain entertain, enlighten am i saying correctly okay yes yes so how do you how do you make that happen especially when you're talking to this all these like okay serious people okay all right okay so uh educate is easy okay that's the object okay to to and then uh to entertain so entertain doesn't mean haha entertain right but it's like oh you know i was entertained about that piece of information and something i don't know or something i know but never saw it that way so you're enlightened so in terms of like the jargon thing and that's that fine line in communication especially in radio right when they get into this jargony thing i have no issues even if i understand it but i would think that majority of the people might not understand it i will ask the question what do you mean by this word Mm. what do you mean by this prose? can you give me an example sure Right. So in so I don't mind sounding a little bit, you know, yeah, un- yeah vulnerable, and vulnerable. Like, and like, I don't know what no, is it that it's means? okay because I want my Your end audience audience to know to understand, right? Great. So and th- so I think that's that's important. And also like I guess with with with, with radio any form is that you don't want to talk down to people, mm. but you do want to make it accessible to all, right? You don't you don't dumb down, but then like for example, like something I don't understand. Can you explain to me what do you mean uh, give me a scenario yeah yeah, yeah. Okay, you know so then the person gives the analogy the the story and everything then people are like ha huh, i'm enlightened mm. oh, uh, oh okay i i just enlighten you know <laughs> uh, there you go yeah 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 so no normally uh this this is how i call it i say like you know so either you can become a professional communicator or you, you can become an incompetent educator right. so incompetent educator is someone who takes something very simple make it so complicated so that right. nobody understand what they're talking right. about right. And a professional communicator is someone who can take a very complicated things, make it so simple so that everybody can understand. Yeah. And it comes back to your target audience as well, right? For yes. example, if it's, we say I'm a lawyer and I'm talking to another lawyer, my audience is all lawyer, I can go all jargony. It's okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? It's okay. But I have to understand what my medium is and who my end audience is, right? Mm. So you always have to mem- remember what your end audience is. So sometimes you can get all clever, but because the audience is like this and then you simplify it, then you're also doing this ju- uh, injustice to them, right? So understand. So mine is mine is a, a, if you talk about radio, it's 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 mass, right? In a way, mass. So you have to be aware of who your audience is at the yeah, end of the day, yeah, right? Yeah, and you wouldn't know who is basically right. just like right. tuning in to listen, right. right? So who who has inspired you or influenced your work the most? Um, I would say of okay, there, there. I mean, and you, you may say okay, you're typical, but I'll, I'll, okay, Oprah Winfrey. I don't listen to her all the time, right? But mm. when she first came the scene, and the reason why I say Oprah Winfrey, can you imagine she came out in the eighties, right? Yeah, she was a black woman, right? A black woman, not your typical, you know, skinny, sexy, or whatever, right? And yeah. okay, so she broke so Green. many molds, okay? Mm. And she, so she's black. She's a woman. She's not your typical whatever. She wasn't young. 
when she when she came out right but she had content right mm. and she broke so many molds because at that before that you don't see any black women so just that whole like you it, you don't realize as until you're like wow what an impression it was the the banister effect because she can do it so can mm. i mm. right the, the, you mm. know like the the Roger Bannister story yes I, yes I, I yes can't yes. run a mile in, a, in less yes. than four minutes and he did yes. it and suddenly everybody could do it right yes yes the other person I'm inspired is actually Ariana Huffington Okay. Ooh, very good. Who, yeah. who started Huffington Post. These are all Post. like my favorite authors. Oh, too. okay. All right. So, uh, and what Huffington happened? Post. She started her business in Huffington Post in 2005 and sold it, I think, eight years later for 300 plus million. But she started it at 55, yep. right? And she's now 70 and with a new business called Thrive. Yes. Right? Yes. And wow, 55. And her book still, is amazing. Yeah. I still have time. <laughs> That's true. That's true. I mean, I mean, you are you're just right. the start of it, and uh, it's like uh, this. This is this is what I always tell to people is that uh, I mean, this this is something that I also learned from Jim Collins, the author of The Good to Great. Right? Great. He said yeah. like the enemy of being your best is just to be good. Yeah. So you are pretty good at what you're doing, and uh, you definitely your best is far in front of you. So um, uh, just to wrap up this this whole thing, sir. Uh, the other questions that I was very curious to know. So. Oprah Winfrey, uh, what we call it, Ariana Huffington, and uh, so. But that there is, there is, you know, some people when I, when you're talking to them, they will say like, you know, history is always like full of people who has say something or have done something that it really influenced people and and like generation after that. You know, it's it's amazing to hear like you know somebody like you in Malaysia get inspired, for example, by a job of like Oprah. Yeah. Right, right. So like some of those famous one that I can think of, like these are like master communicators, huh? like, you know, for example, like Winston Churchill, mm. it was this, uh, what was that? The, our finest hour, you right. know, he has that right. speech or okay. Martin, Martin Luther mm. King's, you know, he said, I have a dream. dream. You know? okay. <laughs> yeah. Nelson Mandela was like, what was that? I, I'm, I'm prepared to die or something. Right. Yeah. So do, have you ever had like those moments that, you listen to someone say something and it like suddenly it like touch your heart because mm. it has an environmental cues you got suddenly. Okay. Has there anyone okay. like his words or his voice or his communication like truly impacted you that you can right. remember until today? Okay. I mean, there's, there's so many, right? I mean, when you look at uh, Gandhi, be the change you want to see in the world, see in the right? World. Right. So there are all these things that you're like, yeah, I am the one who have, have made change. But I tell you what was very personal for me. Mm. And this was me going through a very difficult period in my life and just not knowing I'll get out of it. And it was um, the shortened version of Nelson Mandela, right? Drinking poison and you're drinking poison and expecting someone else 100%. to die, right? And that is to not be bitter, right? Mm. And that's something that I've, you know, and, and I remember at that very difficult point in my life, before I actually went on this whole trajectory, I was just like, I don't, and I, it was a prayer to God, right? I want to come out of this situation, God, better, not bitter, and I don't know what better means. I really didn't know what better looked like. But I just didn't, I just knew I don't want to be a bitter person. So I said, just help me on this journey. And I don't know what that picture is yet. But I think that was the thing that still resonates with me, right? I mean, there's no time, anger, all these things, right? Don't waste your time, right? All these things, let, let that be your fuel, right? Let that be your fuel to be better, right? Mm. So, so I think that will be the one that has, I guess, sort of, catapulted me to do nice. things differently nice thank you for sharing that uh which malaysian public figure do you call as a great communicator it can be politician too <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> we're not going politic, but okay, we just okay. Okay. teasing uh, it a little bit. I think like a great communicator at, in his time, like as, a, as, an, as an actor, was P. Ramley, mm. right? You think yeah. about it, right? So his 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 at that time, it resonated with every Malaysian, right? I mean, it still resonates with every Malaysian, but everybody can laugh at it, right? And it's just for someone in the 60s, right? And it was, he was so radical at that time, right? I mean, um, and, and, and sim- simple that everybody got it, right? So if you talk about it, but I think young and upcoming, I think uh, who has really mastered using social media as well, of course, it's it's Sadiq, right? Oh, yeah. I, think he's, I think he's gotten it across, very simple using tools like TikTok and it's like, wow, you know, I, I get what you're trying to say, right? And so I think he's done a great job um, in bringing things to light without being too clever. You know, mm. I mean, he doesn't have, you know, you want to be clever, you want to communicate. Acting too smart. Yeah. Mm. And the people don't con- understand what, you are, what you're all about. So he cares. Sure. he's kept his messaging simple. If Freda can go back and fix something in her past, what do you go and fix? What would I go and fix? Uh? Okay, so this is something where it's the trigger for me to be better. So do I want to fix it? I suppose I do. But at the same time, I think if it wasn't for that, would I, would I look at life differently? And it would be the relationships, right? I always talk about the wheel of life in my life. And I, I don't, I don't don't think I sorted out the relationship with my ex-husband well enough right you're concerned about your work you're concerned you know you suddenly have a child and suddenly you know you didn't spend enough time nurturing that relationship so I think mm-hmm. if I were to look back I would have wanted to improve on that what's the best advice you ever got in your life there's so many things right I mean we've been quoting each here there and everywhere so <laughs> I don't know if there's well, some, something that you know if if somebody if you have the chance, like talking to a younger version of yourself, you say like, you know, this is really good. Okay, let me let me answer that. Okay, like, okay, for example, okay. if, if somebody asked me, I would say like one of the most important lessons is that the goals by itself are not very important. But who you become in order to achieve that goal, that is very important. Like writing a book is not so important. But who you should become, what you need to learn in order to be able to write a book that is very important. Meaning that even if you fail writing the Mm. book, it's okay. Mm. You become a better person. (laughs) What do you think is yours? Wow. One great lesson. Wow. Like you have only one to say. I think it, it, it won't be a direct quote, but it's something something from 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 the holy book, right? I mean, do I have do I have do I have peace of mind? Right? I think that that is that is important. Whatever I do, do I have that peace? Uh, you know, and I think that is so important when you have that peace. And who is Frida Liu when everything is taken from you? Mm-hmm. Do you have peace with who mm-hmm. that person is? Right. So it's not an advice in the sense where there's a one-liner, but I think really you, yeah. you, you must it's have a, that. It's something similar to like, you know, when you reach to the last day of your life yes. and you are laying uh, lying down on your deathbed, <laughs> right? So you look at yourself and think like have I left anything on the table or yeah, have you achieved yeah. your highest potential something like that okay mm-hmm. I don't know whether I should ask you another one so okay. normally I like I like to ask people what's the best what's the worst advice you ever get oh, the worst advice you see uh, when I know they're there and and I've taken it right okay usually worst advice I know is bad advice so I I actually I, I'm very particular about boundaries right when mm. people when people say certain things that I know it's not going to help me, I actually try to limit my time with them. So I can't remember anybody who's given me, but I take it with a pinch of salt, right? Uh, and, I, and I always look at 
whether the intention is good. Sometimes people say things and they say it all wrong, but the intention mm. is good. So I also just leave it as that. But if you're going to take up too much of my headspace, I'll sort of slowly extricate you in my life. Um, I, I can't remember uh, that advice. Because, yeah, because... All right. So because it's like, you know, every advice, you know, this, this is something that who I learned it from. Uh, they say that, you know, I think it was Ryan Holiday or something. He said that, you know, listen to everybody, even if it's what not to do. Right, right. Meaning that even if it's yeah. a bad advice, like that's that's exactly what you are not supposed to mm. do. And you know that's a very important one. Okay, the last question I want to ask yeah. you is this one. Um, I promise is the last. <laughs> no, because you are you are a master <laughs> communicator, right? So I'm trying to ask you things which is related to communication. You know. Okay. okay. Tell something that people don't know about Freda. Ah. Huh. Okay. I don't. Know. Okay. So yes. Okay. I don't know if someone. Okay. So when I was. Uh, when I was work, I used to work as a I don't. I used to work as a receptionist. My first job as a receptionist in Kuching Hilton, uh, so that was really you know that was before I furthered my study. So I think that was something that really taught me uh, how to earn my first income. It's not easy mm -hmm. to start earning my salary at the time was three hundred ringgit, right? And we had service points. So I know it's a long time ago, but even then the money was really bad. But then you know what it's like to work. And while even then, while I was there, my full-time job working in receptionist, I was a part-time, uh, I was singing for the Surat Symphony Orchestra. Uh, oh, that was that nice. was the that was the, the 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 thing right and i guess singing was not my career path Your but thing. i enjoyed it right so i used to sing for the Stroud state choir wow that's nice that's nice thank you i hope this is the we are the very first people that we are hearing this from you right <laughs> okay freda where uh our audience can find you okay well there is the website as uh fredaliu.com f-r-e-d-a-l-i-u.com go to linkedin i like connecting with people on linkedin um, I find that it's a great place where we can communicate professionally. Beautiful, beautiful. Yes. And you are all over the social media as well. Mm, you know, mm. I, I have noticed that too. So guys, we hope this conversation has inspired you to know and learn more with us. A reminder for every one of you to always live an in-control life. It's a life where you love what you do. You love who you do it with. You love who you do it for. And you love how you do it. So please tune in in our next episode. And as always... We love to have you around and thank you for listening to us. Thank you, Freda, for joining us. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.